Amen. If you're able to this morning, let's uh, stand and turn your Bibles to Psalm 116. Psalm 116, my God is the Ancient of Days. We love the fact that God is eternal and God did not have a beginning. We're going we're gonna to celebrate Christmas and a lot of times people think that's where Jesus began, but he is eternal God. He has always been and he always will be. <clears throat> and we, we rejoice in that. And so this morning, as we focus on the thought, I love the Lord, God brought me to Psalm 116. And if you would, uh, we'll take a look here at these first six verses. We may look at some others here in Psalm 116 in the message today. But the Bible says, I love the Lord. Let's say that together. I love the Lord. And the Bible goes on to say, because he hath heard my voice and my supplications because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compass me, and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. I love the Lord. Lord, thank you for this morning. Bless your word. God, we came this morning to worship you. And Lord, may today you sense our love, our undying love for you who loved us before we ever even knew who you were. Lord, thank you for loving us, and Lord, may we love you the way you love us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> love is a wonderful thing. Oftentimes, love magnifies the good, and if it's real love, it overlooks the faults, overlooks the bad times. I know that many times when I meet with couples, young couples mostly, but sometimes folks get married later in life. But when I meet with couples, I talk to them, not trying to discourage or depress them, but I talk to them about some of the challenges that they're going to face when they get married and how they may have to overlook, she may have to overlook some of his faults and uh, vice versa because none of us are perfect. But love is a wonderful thing. It's described very uniquely in, there in your notes in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 13, where the Bible uses the word charity, which is a synonymous term for love. And notice how the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 13, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And again, I remind you, that when you study the Bible, and I love the way that God has preserved His Word for the English-speaking people in the King James Version of the Bible, that you see the use there of these words with the letters E-T-H on it, which is an indication of the actual force, means a continual ongoing action. 
For instance, if you look at the last verse there, verse number 7, it's talking about charity or love. And look at it again. Love doesn't just once bear all things. It continues to bear all things. Notice, love doesn't just believe once. Love continues to believe. It doesn't believe one thing, it believes all things. Notice it says, it hopeth all things. That means that, again, it continues to have hope, and then it says, endureth all things. Boy, you think about how many people, and some of you may have found yourself earlier in life where maybe your love for someone else might have ended that relationship, but true love, biblical love, God's love, is a love that endures all things. That's why the Bible says, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And we need to understand that God's love is a love that endureth all things. See, it's describing here a love that is a heartfelt love. And heartfelt love provokes us, listen, to praise the object of our affections. That's why it's easy for me as a Christian to praise the Lord, because I love the Lord. It's easy to praise the ones that we love. I'm never at a loss when it comes to talking about my wife. I, can't, I, I never grow tired of, uh, of praising my wife and talking to other people about my wife, talking to people about my children. I love my children. Uh, boy, if you get me started you won't be able to get me to stop talking about my grandchildren. They can do no wrong, you know. See, we have no problem when it comes to talking about the object or objects of our affections. But the Bible says, look at it in 1 John 4, Beloved, let us love one another. Well, how is that possible? Because If you're like me, I know you and you know me, and sometimes it's not easy to love one another, but the Bible says love one another for love is of God. That's how we can love one another. Everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, look at this, he that loveth not knoweth not God. Why? For God is love. Just think about that. The end of the equation, the sum of it is, the very essence of God is that God is love. See, without love, there is no God. Without without God, there is no love. The Bible says that God is love. And this morning, the question that I just want to throw out to you this morning is, And I know it it seems like a trite question, but here it is. Do you love the Lord? Sometimes people say, boy, I love the Lord. Well, why do you love the Lord? I think it's a fair question. If our love for the Lord is genuine, then that love that we have for God should go way beyond our salvation. Certainly, I love the Lord for saving my soul. He picked me up out of a horrible pit set my feet upon a rock, establish my goings, put a new song in my mouth. And certainly, I love the Lord because He saved me. But if my love for Him is genuine, and yours is too, it should go way beyond our salvation. And I want to give you three reasons from Psalm 116 
why. Now, but listen, we could be here all day, all year talking about reasons why we love the Lord, but we'll just stay in the context of this passage this morning. And notice, first of all, the psalmist says, I love the Lord. You know, one of the reasons why I love the Lord is I love him because of his soft-heartedness. God is a soft-hearted. Look what it says in 1 John 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. In other words, this is how we know God's love is because he laid down his life for us. Jesus willingly, no man took his life from him. They didn't wrestle my Savior to the cross. They didn't have to uh, hold him down like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. He laid down his life, and we ought to, in return, lay down our lives with that same kind of love for the brethren. First John 4, 10, herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Did you see that? Not that we loved him, but that he loved us. And the Bible says he demonstrated that because he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beautiful Bible word there. By the way, we don't want to discount words in the Bible because we may not know them. We want to study God's word and understand what the Bible is saying to us. And the word there, propitiation, means that Jesus, because he was God in the flesh, only Jesus could have satisfied a holy and just God. Jesus became the propitiation for our sins. Brother Kenny used this uh, verse. He tagged it on to our verse for the week in 1 John 4, 19. And look at this. Is this not true that we love him? Why? Because he first loved us. You know, the Lord didn't say to you and me, hey, listen, when you get your act together, when you get all your ducks in a row, when you're acting the way you ought to, then I'll love you. Aren't you glad that God didn't say that? Because if you're like me, I still wouldn't be saved. God still wouldn't love me. I'm a work in progress, and I'm sure you could say the same about yourself. But I, I love that verse. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. I mean, it's easy to love someone when you know that they love you. I mean, certainly we know that God loves us. The Lord loved us, the Bible says here in verse 19 of 1 John 4, He loved us before we knew we needed His love. It's an amazing thought there. It brings to my mind Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much God loved us. While we were sinners. I mean, before we were ever born, according to the Word of God, the Bible tells us God knew that we would be a sinner because all of us have that Adamic nature. All of us have that sin nature, and God knew that if He didn't love us and God didn't do something to help us, that you and I and everyone that's ever been born of woman would die in our sins and go to a Christless eternity. But yet God loved us. He loved us too much to let that happen. Look what the Bible says, and you know the verse, John 3, 16. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad for God's love? 
God loves everyone. He loved us before we ever loved Him. And I love the fact that, watch this, God doesn't force us to love Him. You ever see somebody try to force somebody to love someone? It's not genuine. God doesn't force us to love Him. Listen, honestly, God loves us. He doesn't force us to love Him in return for the love that He has for us, the love that He has offered to us. In His love, what God has done is He has offered, and this is an amazing thing when you say the Word of God, God's offered to adopt us as His own children. Now, some of you may, may be adopted or you know of adoption or somebody that has adopted someone. You know, when you look in the Bible and you understand what biblical adoption means. It means that you are entitled to every right and privilege just as if you were born into the family. And look what the Bible says here in John 1.12. It says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. I mean, I love the Lord, and there's no doubt about it. And because I love him, I want to worship him. I want to praise him from my heart and from my soul. And I hope that's what you want to do in your life, is to praise him and to worship him from your heart and soul. Notice in Matthew 22, where they said, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And so this morning, as we look at this psalm and we think about this wonderful day, we've just celebrated a Thanksgiving time. I think that certainly we ought to say to the Lord, Lord, I love you. And I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And today, we need to worship and adore the Lord. Why? Because He loved us first. He loved us before we ever loved Him. That's one of the reasons why I love the Lord is because of His soft-heartedness. But I also love the Lord because of His sensitivity. When I think of the Lord and I look back at this psalm, look at it in Verse number one, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. You think about that? If you're saved today, God hears you. He hears your voice. He hears you when you pray. Look at the next verse. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him for how long? As long as I live. Every day of our lives. Not just, look here, not just when you need him, but always. As long as I live. Notice what it says here in verse number 3. The sorrows of death compassed me, the psalmist said. The pains of hell got hold upon me, and I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called, called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. I mean, it's easy to bear our troubles, but listen, 
it becomes even easier to bear those troubles that he's talking about in verse 3 and 4 if we share them with someone else. Certainly, there's been times in my life that I have tried to weather the storm by myself. But the longer I live and the closer I get to the Lord, I find that the place I need to go first is to the one who will hear me. I think about this phrase here. He says, as long as I live. In the Hebrew, here's what the literal interpretation of that is. It it, it literally is interpreted in my days. Every day that God has given to me. Life is precious. And the psalmist, I believe, like many of us, was encouraged in his past. How many of you, the Lord has heard you in the past? I see all these hands going up. Doesn't that encourage you that if he heard you in the past, that he will hear you today, he will always listen to you? I just love the thought how the Lord, instead of doing one of these or turning away from us, he inclines his ear to us. He hears our voice. We should continue to call upon God. Most of the time it's hard You know, you look around, you go through difficulties in life. Sometimes it's hard to find somebody that, listen, if I can say it this way, that is really interested in your problems. I mean, there are sometimes people listen to us, but are they really interested? It's hard to find people like that. It's hard to find someone that you can take your problems to. But the Bible says in Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. God will sustain thee. Peter picked up on this in 1 Peter 5, 7. He said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. God's sensitive to your needs. God knows what you need today. And because of his sensitivity, it just gives me a greater love for God as I think about how much the Lord loves me and how much the Lord cares for me. God not only listens when I tell him my problems, but actually, watch this, God not just listens, but he actually does something about it. Remember in the Bible, and there's so many great examples, one came to my mind, was there was a woman that had an issue of blood 12 years. The Bible records that she had tried to take care of it. Notice it says in verse 25 of Mark 5, she had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians. Anybody else in here suffered many things of many physicians? <laughs> you know, I'm not down on doctors, but I, you know, sometimes you go and they want to use you as a pincushion. you know? They go in and go in some fishing expedition, you know? And I know they're trying to help, but oftentimes they're in uncharted waters. They don't really know what they're looking for. And listen, I, I, again, I'm not down on doctors, but I'll tell you this, I'm so glad I know the great physician. And the Bible says here that this woman suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. And look at these words, and was nothing bettered. 
She had been to every doctor's appointment. She kept every thing at every doctor's office she could. She had spent every penny that she had. And guess what? Like so many today, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Almost seemed like there was no hope. The Bible says she rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Remember when she touched his garment? There were so many people there and Jesus, <coughs> he said, somebody touch me. <clears throat> Remember what his disciples said, Lord, there's so many people here. I mean, are you serious? And Jesus said, virtue has gone out of me. That was a touch of faith. Somebody needed to get to me. Because they knew that I would listen and I would do something for them. Again, I'm not down on what God has gifted some people to do things, but listen, there are times where man can do nothing, but God can do everything. I love the Lord because of his sensitivity. This woman here that we just read about in Mark 5, she knew, listen, she knew that she needed to get to the one that could do something for her. And that's what she did. She fought her way through the crowd. The Bible says in Psalm 116 that the Lord hears our cries. Can I tell you that as the Lord hears our cries, the Lord can do for us what the baptismal waters cannot. The Lord can do for us what church rituals cannot. The Lord can do for us what Church membership cannot do for us. Notice in Psalm 142, the psalmist says there, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld... But there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. See, we came this morning to worship the Lord. We love the Lord. Why? Because the Lord is soft-hearted towards us. And I love the Lord because of his sensitivity, but notice also that we ought to love the Lord because of his strength. I had an opportunity this past week to stand and give honor to who I affectionately call my mom. As I was thinking about my mom, I easily went to Proverbs 31. A virtuous woman. Ladies, you ought to study Proverbs 31. So many things, so many traits in Psalm 31 as I read that, song, that proverb and I thought about my mom. 
And the word virtuous is a word that is synonymous with the word strength. And I shared in that church that there were four things that I believed my mom drew her strength from. I began to talk about how my mom drew her strength from her family. My mom loved her family. She had some ornery brothers growing up, but she loved them. They loved to play practical jokes on her. My mom, all through her life, my mom shuddered when she saw anything that fluttered or flew. And the reason, and by the way, that included butterflies. The reason is because her brothers would let their parakeet out of the cage in the house when she was a kid. And it just drove my mom crazy. And I talked about the strength that my mom received from her family. I talked about the strength my mom had from her friends. My mom had no enemies. Everyone loved my mom. I talked about my mom drew her strength from her favorites. And of course, I had to talk about how I was her favorite son. For those of you that don't know, I'm her only son. My sister so appreciated that when I shared that. But the last thing that I said was, yes, my mom drew her strength from her family, from her friends, from her favorites, but my mom drew her strength from her faith. And I began to talk about how it was the Lord that made a difference in my mom's life. You see, without God, we're nothing. God's the one that sustains us. Do you know God's the one that got you up this morning? I woke up at 4.44 this morning. Say, Pastor, why? Because God said it's time to get up. God gave me the strength to travel back to my, where I grew up. God gave me the strength to stand and talk about my mom. God's given me the strength right now to stand here and preach his word. God's going to give you the strength to face whatever it is that you will face. It's a great reason to love, to love the Lord. It's because of his strength. Notice Psalm 18 and verse 1. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. And I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth. And with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. We can't be strong all the time. I know a lot of times we think we can. But we certainly cannot be totally self-sufficient. But we are what we are, and that is we are flesh. We have our weaknesses. We're sinners saved by the grace of God. If it were not for the Lord, then you and I certainly would be loaded down with the cares of this world. 
The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, part of Paul's testimony, how the Lord said unto him, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength, God's strength, is made perfect in weakness. Paul then went on to say, well, if that's true, if God's strength is made perfect in weakness, and I'm certainly a great example of being weak, and Paul says here, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why did Paul say that? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, say it with me, then am I strong. When we reach the bottom, when we've come to the end of self, that's when God can work. When we're weak, He is strong. God gives us, as Paul experienced, His all-sufficient grace. And this morning, you and I can worship the Lord, and we can adore, and we can love the Lord. Why? Because of His strength. See, this morning from this psalm and so many other places, we are reminded that we can love the Lord. Why? Because He loves us. He's proved His love for us. God so loved the world. So how, the question is this morning, how can we show the Lord that we love Him? We know He loves us. How many of you know God loves you? So how can you and I, as we raised our hands, knowing God loves us, how can we show God that we love Him? And I want you to look back at this psalm, and I want you to see, first of all, that One way that we can show the Lord that we love Him is that we love the Lord because we will believe Him with all of our heart. Look what it says in verse 13 of this psalm. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I don't know if there's been a time in your life that you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. That you've accepted the fact that he was God's son, he was God in the flesh, and that he came and lived and died for your sins, the sins of the whole world. But one way we can show him how much we love him is by taking the cup of salvation. I hope that today you know Christ as your Savior. If you're listening to us by way of live stream, maybe You've never had a time in your life where you've received the gift of God, which is eternal life. Then why don't you show the Lord how much you love Him by taking the cup of salvation. That's one way that we can show Him. Secondly, we can show the Lord we love Him because, as the Bible says here in verse 13, that we can love Him because we will pray to Him often. That we will talk to him. Listen, how will he hear our cries if we don't talk to him? God's given us an avenue called prayer. Look back in verse 13. The Bible says, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but 
I, I want to rely on the Lord. For Him to be my help, for Him to be my strength, I want to walk with Him by faith and not by sight. If you want to show the Lord how much you love Him, then believe in Him with all your heart. Pray often to Him. Notice another way right here in this psalm that we can show the Lord we love Him is by paying our vows to Him. Look what it says in verse number 14. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. Another word you could use for vows is commitments. A lot of times over the years, we have made vows to the Lord. You know, marriage is a covenant. It's a vow. But there are other times in my life where, like in my giving, where I've just made a commitment, a stewardship commitment, and I want to keep those commitments. Whatever it is, whatever vows that you have made to the Lord, the psalmist says, I will pay my vows. And listen, he's not just talking about monetarily there, but he's also talking about in faithful service to the Lord, in worshiping the Lord. Look, we love him, and one way that we love him is by telling others about him, by telling others that he went to Calvary and died for their sins. And the Bible says here that we need to make sure that we are paying our vows. That's one way we can show him we love him. But then I also see one more way that we can show the Lord we love him. And that is that you and I would pray for the lost to receive God's great love for them and be gloriously saved. Look what it says, and I love this verse. We used it often in verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Do you love the Lord today? I hope you do. We can love him because of his soft-heartedness, and we can love him because of his sensitivity. We can love him because of his strength. But if you have your Bible there, I want you to look at the end of the psalm with me. Verse 16. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. God's people said to that, amen. amen. Look at verse 17. Because he's loosed my bonds, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord, he says it a second time, now in the presence of all of his people. Verse 19, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of thee, O Jerusalem, Say those last four words. Praise you, the Lord. I've read that many times. And I looked at the beginning of this psalm where it says, I love the Lord. I think it's interesting how he starts this psalm. But what arrested my attention was as I got to the end, and I've looked at the word praise many times. But the word here, praise, in verse 19, means 
to be clear means to shine. And it, it was almost as if God was saying to me through the pen of the psalmist, I just want to make one thing clear. I love the Lord. If you miss anything, would you at least get what the psalmist said? I just want everyone to know, and I want everybody to be clear, I love the Lord. Would you bow your heads with me this morning with our heads bowed? Are you thankful this morning for the soft-heartedness of the Lord? For his sensitivity toward you as his child? For his strength that he gives to you day by day? If you're not saved today, then the Bible says today is the day of salvation. I just love to say those words. I love you, Lord. It's one thing to say it. It's another to mean it. To demonstrate it, to live it out. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, make no mistake. God's already demonstrated his love for you by giving his son that you can have eternal life. And if you need to receive the gift of eternal life today, we want to invite you to come in just a moment. But if you're a child of God, here it is. The end of the month of November. We're going to turn the corner on our calendar to Christmas season. I think it'd be fitting for any of God's children today to come and say, Lord, I love you. I love you for so many reasons, but I want to thank you for reminding me this morning that you loved me before I ever loved you. And you hear my cries and you do something about it. And you sustain me, give me strength every day. Let's stand to our feet this morning with the piano playing. The altars are open this morning. Why don't you come to the Lord today? Just step out from wherever you are and come and say, Lord, thank you for loving me. You don't have to wait for someone else. Some of you may have family, maybe a, a husband, a wife, maybe grab them by the hand and say, let's, let's go thank the Lord. Let's go tell the Lord how much we love him. When's the last time you said those words to the Lord? I love you. You're everything to me.